Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Greetings, comrades, and um, welcome to the eastern border. Yeah, today is going to be... Um, all about what I saw on the ground because we spent all of this today together with the person who is the only guy in the Latvian embassy right now and um, he's he's doing all everything an ambassador would do. He's basically the guy who runs the whole show and together with Zelensky's advisor Anton Gerashenko and uh, a bunch of other journalists on a field trip. We went on the Borodjovskaya Borodjonskaya pronunciation is a bit difficult because I only know the Russian version and uh, not the Ukrainian one. And we also went to Bucha. The things I saw will probably remain in my head forever and I hope I don't get nightmares. But but yeah, pretty rough stuff and I don't think anything else really would fit in in today's episode um, unless I gave you this coverage from the ground. And um, if you want to see the pictures we have pictures, then please go to my Twitter account. Th- that's where I post most of them. Or my e- my Facebook page, you know, at, unders- at Eastern underscore Border on Twitter or the Eastern Border on Twitter. Th- they're all there. Th- there's going to be more because we-, we took also some videos with the GoPro and some pictures of that, but uh, it'll take some time until we can produce all of them. Right now, if the quality's not that good, then, well, sorry about that, but... Really, for pictures, please follow us on social media, because this is an audio format show, after all. Well, this was a bit strange, because there were a bunch of other journalists there. One of the most imp- one of the most important people that actually was here, after whom we all ran uh, after a whole day and who got lost, was uh, apparently the guy who came up with uh, the idea for the House of Cards TV show, and now he's here to get inspiration for next... Netflix series? His name is Bo. We don't know uh, his surname because all day what we heard was, hey, where's Bo? Did Bo get, lo- get lost again? Yeah, that, that happened constantly. One of the, none of the fun moments of, of today. However, well, we, uh, 
we got into a police convoy. It was it was about eight a.m. in the morning. We had woken up early because we had to get up at seven thirty, and um, yeah, they picked us up with the embassy car, and then we went to the Kiev cir- Circus, which is the meeting point. There, the Zelensky's advisor came, and um, well, we we met everyone, and then we got into a police convoy. It was pr- I was pretty sleepy and, and tired at first, and well, it was a long day. However, already outside of Kiev, you can you can see all all sorts of things. You can see burned down cars just on on the side of it because that's number one thing that they're trying to actually you know gather together. They are trying to remove obstacles from the road. Some of them they can't because, for example, one of the big highways out there has one of its sides just blocked because because a ro- because a bridge has been you know blown up uh, over it. And all the gas tanks, specifically gas tanks, that was one thing that I noticed, all the gas tanks have been blown up. I couldn't see a single working gas tank, even though um, apartment buildings, although some of them were blown up on the road, some of them were uh, just smashed and a lot more had their windows crashed and had received minor damage. Once you leave for about 20 to 30 kilometers outside of Kiev, or even less, even you, you, you need to just leave Kiev, Kiev kind of internal borders to start seeing damage. But t- about ten kilometers out, it all starts and turns into a war zone with, with block posts and with, um, with people just trying to clear the rubble. The trip got scarier as we moved on because more and more passport checks, more and more controls, and uh, more and more damage to the surrounding area. Like I said, this time it's actually important that you go to my Twitter account and check those check those images because due to how my internet is here in the hotel, I um, can't really upload properly from here. So that, that's, that's a bit of a bad thing, but hey, I gave you an option. So then we get to Borodyanka. Or Borodyayev, like I said, doesn't really matter exactly. That's... That was a heavy trip anyways. First thing that we saw was, well, among the first things, besides all the utter carnage, was the fact that the civilian buildings were bombed. We were told, both by Mr. Garashenko and by the locals, that this was one of the Russians when they were kind of stepping away. There were no kind of murders like that as they were in Bucha, except there was this one... uh, one woman who apparently was, was was leaving her basement after an air raid alarm, which we've gotten used to by now, and a Russian sniper shot her dead as she was leaving the basement. But I'll get to that. First thing we saw was that um, all the civilian buildings, all the high-rise buildings, they're all damaged. Some of them won't be won't be repaired at all because they're Soviet Khrushchevkas. I think it really hits home more for the Eastern European people because, yeah, seems like they intentionally targeted them. As they were leaving, they just dropped bombs on them, intentionally. Like, carpet bombed everything. The carnage is crazy. I, I saw houses with halves of them ripped out, and, and and lots of other houses burnt, and a lot of stray animals, which just shows the cruelty that we all people have. And this was the place where now the famous, world-famous cupboard picture has been taken. That was taken now. Uh, a few days earlier, but this is where this cupboard that had survived the bombings has come from. It it was there in the wall with um, these decorative porcelain little um, roosters on top of it. It was a hard sight, but yeah, these were kind of 
symbolic of a thing, I suppose, because we were told that these porcelain roosters were kind of a popular popular gift to give around these places. All the stores bombed, and in a lot of houses and a lot of private avenues and buildings, yeah, they're still going in, and they're searching for for bombs there. Because after this, uh, we were also told by the local local municipal deputies that the Russians, as they left, they basically looted everything that they could. And um, even as they came in, they apparently had taken mobile phones from people. And some of them had actually just not even used them. They had just waved them in front of people and just, then just crushed them with a tank so that the locals couldn't call. I have to give credit to Mr. Garashenko here. When he, heard, when he heard these news, he started organizing, you know, an action where, where people can donate their their old phones, maybe. So that's good. Garashenko seemed a popular guy, so if you see him in media, then, hey, he, he seemed okay, but I don't know the local politics here anyways that well. However, yeah, it seems that Russians, when, when retreating, had carpet-bombed everything. Everything. And left bombs in the homes of people so that they would die when they would return to, to, to pick up their stuff. Especially hurt were apparently those in which houses, you know, medals were left. Or some signs that they had served the Ukrainian government. Because as the invasion began, apparently the younger people had evacuated. But a lot of them had left their elderly parents behind and then had contacted the authorities so that they would help them evacuate the elderly. So it was mostly mostly elderly who died in this conflict, but um, in, in, in this bombing, but not all of them, of course, there were people there. They were still pulling out people from the rubble, because even after this retreat, the Russians didn't allow Ukrainians to pick up the d- dead bodies for a few days. Garashenko also told us that this is probably an intentional thing, so that more Ukrainians would die. It's a weird, eerie feeling, really. A lot of houses haven't been cleaned from the rubble. They, They basically had removed 19 bodies the day before we arrived, and and they hit, there were houses, and every time I went and, and saw and took pictures of one of these places, I was told exactly how many people died in this building. And and then we went to the city center part where where there was a monument to Taras Shevchenko, one of the Ukrainian Ukraine's greatest heroes. And it was all, you know, damaged as well. Shrapnel had hit it. Because it seemed so eerie. All the stores were closed, but and everything was looted. Like, the people are now standing in lines and and getting their, their food from the humanitarian aid. And I uh, also made a short video, which I also shared, shared both on Twitter and Facebook, where I really show you physically where um, where your aid happens, because they have turned a schoolhouse into a basically a warehouse and a place where people where, with nowhere to stay live. But um, then the hardest part struck me on, when I was sitting in the city center and... Um, you know, amongst these people who are just standing there in line to to get to get water and and food and everything, there were people standing aside. They weren't looking at um, at the food trucks or anything. They were people who were looking at the rubble being cleared. And um, there was a man who uh, told me and other journalists that, well, he told me the story about the women being sniped from the basement when they when they left and. He was waiting there when his son would come, would be finally found in the rubble. His son was 43 years old and was named Sergei. And, and his dad now goes there and waits until they find him because his apartment is destroyed. His, his, his was the apartment that was in the building that was half demolished. And there were many people like this. I count at least five. People who are just 
sitting there and um, they wanted to talk to journalists because I think they've they've moved past sheer horror and I don't know what what drove them to to even talk to us and how how that worked out in their brains but it was super heavy super difficult to do here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. That was um, an awful, awful situation to be in. And then we then we were taken to this warehouse where the school school stuff happened. Really, it's um it's a weird thing that all their stores are closed and they have nothing left and they're cleaning rubble. And the number one thing they're saving, by the way, of what's left, because there are people going into these half ruined buildings and taking out and giving to those who own own the apartments there. They're they're trying to save something, and what they're saving is um, books, a lot of books. We we saw monitors and TVs being carried out, a couple of them. But a lot of people just gathered books. And it, and it means a lot to me as a, as a historian, as a podcaster, that people are trying to save what's dear to them. And if you see someone saving books, then, well, my heart just warmed up there for a second. And with all the mind houses and everything, it is extremely difficult for them to preserve anything. And, of course, some people didn't want to talk to me. And that was, that was an extremely difficult experience but um but yeah we saw these all 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 these ruined buildings and everything and we saw brave firefighters doing things and what really struck me is that um yeah your help is still very much needed because when when people are standing in line for all the goods like even fresh water is rare and food is rare but at one point when we were there the the local local humanitarian aid people were just giving out giving out washing powder you know for your clothes and and apparently they only had like two cartons left. And one lady wanted to grab one, but the guy who was dealing out this aid said, No, no, lady, if I give this if I give this pack of of um detergent, this this powder that's used to wash clothes to you, then no one else will get it. And then the locals, the mostly elderly people in the line just you know, they just pulled out plastic bags and they they kind of split up this these two boxes, small boxes about about a um, half a kilo each, really tiny ones amongst themselves so that they could wash something. It seems that, you know, it seems that a lot of people have helped a lot, but help is still very much necessary. And after this, we we drove to Bucha, and on our way there, we um, we spotted the place where apparently some Russian tanks had been destroyed. That was my moment when I kind of, you know, I was, I was going a bit crazy by that point, but... Um, you know, I had to step out, and then we took a lot of pictures there. And I stepped on one of these tanks, and I, I, I took a picture, which is now my new Facebook picture, because at that point I felt 
felt very surreal, you know. I've only seen tanks in museums before, and now I saw one that was hit by um by a shell, and you could also see 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 where the shell hit it, and there was again one of these weird experiences. Please, please go to my Twitter. The pictures are there, and, and the tank right next to it, the tank right next to it had uh, its turret blown off, and it was half empty except a black husk in there, and I didn't know what it was, and then I was told that it was a Russian soldier. And that this is what um, a high-explosive anti-tank round does. He apparently had died instantly. <laughs> Everything, most most of his body was gone. All you can see is like this black charred substance. And you can, if you look close enough, you can spot the ribs there. Apparently, <laughs> there were some Red Bull cans thrown into the tank as well. No one really cares about them. Because, well, the Ukrainians don't have energy to pull off the Russian dead... And the Russians just don't care about their own soldiers. That's uh, another interesting and strange topic, maybe for another day. And then in Bucha, in Bucha we really didn't have the time to talk around and see that much because it was late already. I had to do my own things. And there were a lot of journalists and war prosecutors there. And, uh, well, I have to say that war prosecutors from France currently... Grashenko himself said that, you know, Ukrainians have experts and that we should maybe rely on them because what else is there to see? People were with their hands tied back and shot. Today, you know, turns out that there'll be even more dead bodies in stories from Bucha because they had uncovered another mass grave behind the local Orthodox church. And I was told that either 65 or up to 68 people have been buried there and they are uncovering that one and pulling out the bodies from that there tomorrow morning at 9, 9 a.m. my time, but um, I, I sadly have an interview because some local journalists called up our Latvian Journalists Association and asked for help because they're running out of resources to aid uh, aid uh, and do their work in all over Ukraine. So as I'm here right now in Kiev, I offered to you know interview them. I, I, I don't know. If, if it'll be in English, you'll probably hear it on the show. If it's going to be in Russian, then um, I'm going to send it to all the media outlets that are in my Latvian Journalist Association so that we can help them somehow. But yeah, you know, today I uh, I saw a mass grave. I saw ruined, destroyed lives. And, and I saw a bunch of stray animals running around, which just shows that their, their uh, owners are, are dead. And I saw a burnt man in a tank, and I don't know how old he was, probably 18, maybe 20, maybe, I don't know. But the feeling that you you get from from seeing such things is pretty terrifying. Please, please do do check out the pictures. I repeat myself, but it's because I feel like I must. And um, and yeah, sadly, I don't still have any data about the chemical attack in Mariupol. But that's going to happen soon. As soon as I get solid solid data on this fact, I will report on this. I believe it's plausible, but not exactly sure. I would really would like to see some independent data. If it's even possible, and there's someone even left in Mariupol, because I think that place is just just gone. I have a good news for you, though. Probably the only positive thing in this whole show is that tomorrow at um, at 9.30 p.m., we are recording with Dan Carlin. Yeah, I, this time I am recording, and it's going to be from, from here, and I'm going to use my backup microphone, but still. Dan's coming on the show, and that episode's going to be fully edited, of course, and, and I hope it's going to be good. It's going to be great, even. That's that's one of the things that I really, really hope succeeds on this trip, and that 
I get to inform all of you about what's happening. And uh, in the meantime, thank you to everyone who's our Patreon supporter. We really appreciate that. And um, once I get home, I'm, I have a long list of you to, to read through. That'll probably take an extra because I'm, I'm very thankful and I have a lot of things that I want to say to you, you specifically, patrons, because you're, you're paying my salary, basically. And also, huge thanks to all the one-time donations. We have, we have seen some generous people, and trust me, all those one-time donations, which you can still do and will be much appreciated in the Eastern Border.lv page. Just click the donate button there. They'll be put to good use because we're, we're trying to do our best here, and uh, it's pretty expensive. But hey, we're we're not wasting your money. We're trying to do some good and help the locals as well. And also, more than anything, please do donate to the Ukrainian Ukrainian civilians and army, because one thing that uh, our the guy who runs in our embassy told me is that, well, for example, in Latvia, we in total have gathered 7.8 million euros in donations, out of whom about 6.5 million have been spent already. And I've seen the carnage here, and I've seen the destruction, it's, and it's awful. So if you can, please, please do help. This matters a lot, because, well, the people are fighting, and they're, they haven't lost their spirit or their will to exist and to continue on this, this madness, because they, they don't want to win. They need to win. I, I can understand, like, I have a personal dislike, hatred. I, I try to not use the word hatred here. I try to bring that light back that I had once within me, and I try to bring that back on the show, and you've been very supportive of me, um, so that I can do that. But the locals, they, um, they're in a dark, dark pit, and we're just trying to bring some light to them as well, and I really wish that all of you, dear listeners, would also be a part of this. So, yeah, that's that's it for today, and... Sorry that this is an, an on-the-ground, on-the-spot report from literally what I saw today instead of a tactical or strategical analysis, but I think that these these stories matter as well and that it's important that I am here to tell them to you. Happiness is mandatory. Do Tavarish. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.